Hello, welcome to another episode of Fanboys. I'm here with my co-host, Tomek. How are you today, brother? <laughs> Very good, Steve. Good. We've got a fun episode for you guys today. We decided to refrain from the complete complete review of what's been going on and to do a bit of a preview this time. We're going to talk a little bit about the four things for each of us that we're excited about this coming track and field season or going into the fall because I think T you've got one thing you want to talk about that's coming up in the fall but before we get there I'd like to just do um, you and I were talking offline T that that I, I felt like we needed to do a little Boston review and you were saying gosh it seems like it was so long ago that that race <laughs> actually happened and I agree it does feel that way but I've been having post-race conversations with my athletes this week um, in, I give them usually a week to reflect on <clears throat> their performances. And I've also spent some time reflecting on the performances of the race itself. So why don't we just jump in? Why don't you give us one kind of highlight or one thing that you've been thinking about a little bit from that race, if there's anything, and if not, push it right back to me. And cause I've got like two, I've got two things for sure. I want to talk about, but I thought I'd just like, uh, getting tired of hearing myself talk already, and we're only a minute and a half into this thing. <laughs> yeah, indeed, it seems like a long time ago, and and it's been great, you know. Uh, well, if I got to choose one, like only one, there would be the the women, you know, the women finish uh, last last what two three k. Uh, I would say starting when when uh, Paris Chip Chip Churcher, um, no, Jocelyn. Paris. Who was Paris? Yeah. Yes. 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 When when she handed the water to her fellow fellow um uh, uh you know the, the duo that were just leading um the Ethiopian, I, I forgot already her name, but um uh, I was like wow we we were actually watching together right so that was awesome that was that was a highlight as well, and we were commenting live to our um to our friends uh, together so that that was awesome and. Uh, you know, we were back and forth. Uh, she's going to win. No, she's not going to win. She's going to win. And, you know, after the race, I learned uh, in, in a commentary that Paris said, I knew I'm going to win after the uh, wow. 2K to go. Wow. So so it, it didn't look like it. But for sure, she was we were like, no, she wants it more. She wants it more. And so that was that was probably the highlight um, when she finally kicked kicked to win. And and if I could another story is is the last you know 5k of the men's race when 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 the winner uh chebet uh, went you know 13 53 i think that was a yeah. split from 35 to 40 and sub 430 no, miles no, sub 430 miles in repeat i mean there was six, 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 420 <laughs> and every, everyone was yeah i think he yeah. was 420 427 and 426 when he he attacked the field and we were just thinking like, could could Kipchoge answer something like that, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, there was two main things. One was both brought up by athletes that I work with. One uh, shout out to Jeff Webb, who I've done a couple podcasts with. He asked me in a text, um, "Did I think that the Ethiopian, when they take the right hand turn on Hereford, 
and she missed that turn. It looked like she went beyond it just a little bit. You know, you're talking a mile away from the finish at that point, I think, maybe a little bit less somewhere in that zone, like maybe, I think I don't know, 1,200 meters, something like that. Um, that long, anybody that's run Boston knows that home stretch is a very, very long home stretch, so it, it, it stretches for a long way. But just before you take that left on Boylston, you take a right on Hereford, which is the famous right on Hereford, left on Boylston. And the Ethiopian who we're just going to call the Ethiopian because neither one of us, even in the race and after the race, still really <clears throat> remember her name, even though she was second to Jep Chichir at New York and now second at Boston and somebody we probably need to bury her head, her name in our brains. She sort of went straight and then had to swing wide back to the right to get back on course. And Jep Chichir had thrown a few two moves at that point in time down. And um, it seemed like you you and I were both thinking maybe the Ethiopian had a chance just before that turn. But after that move, Jeff said, do you think that that just crushed her soul? And I don't think I thought that way in the middle of it because she, re she rebounded so well, you know? But I do wonder if that was the point in which she had to make the only move she had to close the gap again there before they took that left on Boylston. So that's one thing. The other thing is, um, something I've been reflecting on a lot since another athlete of mine mentioned his disappointment in CJ Albertson and his r refusal to run a measured sound strategically wise race plan and um, in the moment I said well who are we to judge CJ and his coach and how they decide to run and how they decide to approach the race but his point was that, hey, he this guy like has the tools. He has the tools to be a two of five, two of four guy. He has the tools, I think, to run we both think to run with with Rupp, perhaps, especially an aging Rupp, right? So why are they continuing? I keep saying they because I just cannot conceive of any any coach complicit in this kind of strategizing um needs to check themselves, in my opinion. Of course, who am I to judge? Well, I'm doing it anyway, but I do know that they have their own reasons, and that's great, and that's wonderful. But sitting here as a fan, and not as a coach, but as a fan, I do judge because I want to see another American up there running with the best in the world, and I think CJ has the skills. I mean, the number of moves he made on that course, on you know, most of those were being made downhill, but still, I mean, the fact that he was able to, able to hold it together to get done what he did get done, it's testament to his strength and his toughness. But God, I wish we could have a more measured and thought out plan. And once Stan talked, said that to me, I, I have not been able to get it out of my head. I keep thinking and thinking, which is why I wanted to do a quick preview, because I do think, you know, I just wish CJ would would put together a race plan that would allow him to prove that he is what I think is the first or the second best American in the country. That's he, He's that good. And yet he continues to finish further back um, and not have race performances that are indicative of what he's capable of. And I think it's a shame. And I'm hoping that we will get a chance to see him make that. Perhaps this is part of a longer-term plan. I doubt it. Doesn't look like it. But who knows? Um, so, yeah, that, that those are my thoughts on Boston. How, how do you respond to my statement about CJ? It's a pretty, pretty bold statement. Yeah, no, it, it makes me think like, does he have, um, you know, circle of or coach or maybe circle of advisors 
that he you know goes back and forth it seems like he's self self-trained you know from what we see on 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 the uh, internet but maybe maybe that's not the case yeah i don't and, know i don't really know i just know that he does yahoo training workouts and he trains so so hard and he runs yeah. super fast in his training workouts which is we know a troubling um and dangerous I, I, yeah and what's what what's what's next came to my mind was wow he will be perfect uh, perfect to join uh, ryan halls and sarah halls group because they love to race a lot cj loves to race a lot and he lo likes to push ryan hall likes to push you know so it could be good combo yeah maybe there's uh, wisdom good. there to, to use the strength if that's his nature and that's what he normally right. does maybe that's the best approach right. yeah could be yeah but still I, yeah. I i still think in my experience of coaching the marathon um i've only run a few but the ones i've coached uh, that kind of multiple moves early in a marathon on any course um, is dangerous, and especially on the Boston course, it's dangerous. So, you know, it, it's uh, it, it's something that we'll just leave there, maybe, right? Like, who knows? Um, yeah. But hopefully, yeah. we we are fans of CJ. I don't want anybody to think I'm not a fan. That's that's why I'm saying this. It's like I think he can be so good, and I'd love yeah. to see it. I mean, if he can, you know. Anytime we post Boston, I remember a few years back when uh, uh, Scott Fabel and, and Jared Ward have a breakthrough race and that confidence running with the best up to like, you know, 20, 20 some miles. Uh, I think now CJ, when he, he will show up with, with just the, even for Olympic trials next cycle, you know, he will be just like, man, I, I just, I, I can run with the best in the world. You know, I'm like clearly should be above everyone here on the field yeah yeah you know just yeah. just that kind of yeah i wonder what's next for him and and hopefully you know he can yeah we, we, we talk about like you mentioned um about the fall marathoning maybe and maybe that's that's something um next for for him to yeah. find a fast marathon that way he can go cool well, let's jump into our main topic which is we wanted to, we're, we are very much anticipating this summer and the kinds of things that will be happening this summer. And so um, Tomek and I are going to go back and forth between a few things that we're really, really excited about um, in the season. And, and I'm going to start off first with, uh, I read, I saw a, a something um, on the interweb somewhere about this athlete. His name is Cade Flat. He's an 800 meter runner, high school 800 meter runner. I think he's from um, Kentucky, I believe. And he recently um, ran the the American record, high school record, of in the 800. He ran a 146.45, which is screaming fast. And only two high schoolers have ever run faster than 146. And both of those were in the late mid late 90s. Um, and so it's really exciting to have an American 800 meter runner to be kind of performing on the men's side at the same level that we saw from the Ajay Wilson, from the, uh, you know, a thing Mo, Mo um, the Vat, Raven Rogers, all of these incredible 800 meter runners that have competed um, even at their junior and senior years in high school at an American and world level. I think we've got a male, a counterpart to that um, and that's really exciting but what's more exciting 
for that to me is this attitude that this kid Cade has. This kid is a straight up baller. He's not afraid of anybody. He's not afraid of anything. He's vocal, not rude, right? Not rude. He doesn't yeah. call people out. He doesn't he doesn't say I'm going to destroy this guy. He's not doing the Muhammad Ali rumble in the jungle, you know, picking on people or any of that. But he is standing there and saying, I am the best. I It's going to be take other people to beat me. Um, he's got a prefontaine kind of attitude that comes through. And I, I have not seen that in an American high school male in a long, long time. And so to me, he seems to be the first athlete that I have encountered that I kind of think, is this the second coming of Steve Prefontaine? Sure, he's not the same race distances, but that's what we've been looking for for a long time is some kind of athlete who can galvanize people in our sport to get people excited. And, you know, the thing for me that's super, that's even more exciting is I love the MMA. I don't follow it really, really closely, but if I walk into a bar or a restaurant and they're showing an MMA fight, you might as well consider me done. I am sitting right in front of the television, <laughs> watching what's going on because I am completely enamored by the speed, the strength, the, the how quick, uh, how long a fight can go, but then how quickly it could be over. It's like boxing on, the, on crank. It's like out of control what goes on with MMA, but yet there's this measured martial attitude, martial arts kind of approach to it. And Cade kind of has these two things as brashness, but yes, this deep, deep confidence. And it comes from, I think, his either doing MMA or being a follower of MMA. You know, we're talking mixed martial arts, which is a a, a pugilist sport. It's a, it's basically, you fight to almost die, right? And um, it's, a, it, it's really, in this is something I'm excited to see, not just... This, I think this summer is going to be crucial because of these kinds of statements that he's making if he can't back up some of these things. He's going to try to run he's go, his main objective. You know, I'm sure we will see him at the U.S. Champs, but he may be at the U.S. Champs for juniors, not at the U.S. Champs for seniors, even though he could be competitive at the seniors because he stated that his goal is to be a world champion and wouldn't that – world junior champion and wouldn't that be just amazing. I think he's not fast enough to be a medalist – he may not even be able to make the world team at the senior level. I mean, it's arguable. Some people might think he could. Some people think he can't. I, I think that that race will be – he would be in it with 100 meters to go for sure. But I think he's more assured of getting a position to be in the final at the world championships for juniors and perhaps even win it, and that would be really, really cool. So I do think there may be people out there saying, oh, he's dodging the big – if he's going to be that big, wouldn't he just go after it? Well, I mean, I think you got to win the pond you're in, and then he's got plenty of time to win the other ponds. He is not a thing, Mo. He is not Aji Wilson. He is not that. He the men's side for him is he's not at that same level. But he is this most singular talent we have seen in th two, three generations in, t in terms of 800 meter runners. Yeah, amazing. I, I I just Google him and and pull up his Twitter, and he is. Yeah, I, I was aware of him and I read about him and. And and but now um, I just I was just smiling. You know, he, his last three three tweets were um, a quote. I want to drag these guys into deep waters. I want to make it hurt the whole time. Make them question why they were in this event. Yes. <laughs> and and then the, the next tweet. Nobody outworking me today. That's it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And, and the last and the last one that he highlights. Th this is the best. Winners focus on winning 
and losers focus on winners. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. From the mouth of babes, right? From the mouth of babes. Uh, yeah. I mean, and, and that could be coming from the mouth um, of, uh, you know, you don't hear that kind of, you don't hear that exactly. kind of rhetoric, that kind of attitude, that kind of that kind of from high audacity, yes. especially from from high school. Well, you do hear yeah. it, but mostly they're raging against the machine. They're angry at the world. Yeah. It's yeah. not towards the best in the world. And you know, he, I feel like when I hear that, I hear him saying he's not just talking to the high schoolers around him. He's talking to no. everybody, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to see. Um, where that goes, and we'll be following Cade closely over the coming months. Um, T, who's your what is your first event that you're really excited about? About so so, so one one more thing about Cade, yeah. you know, because you mentioned that that he he might you know it will be hard for him to break through to you know the pro pro men at, at the moment where he is, but you know, American history 800 meters has this you know this kind of really unknown aspect to it you know st i remember starting with nick simmons right d3 guy suddenly he's he's you know u.s champion you know this guy that nobody could guess he would ever be not beautiful form nothing just just the pure grit you know and will and the second is is clayton murphy you know suddenly coming from college and, and getting olympic bronze you know yeah. in his first championship event yeah, we have our flyers for sure. We, we exactly. we're known to have our flyers. Probably coming originally from 1972 with Doug Waddle. I mean Dave Waddle, who won the exactly. Olympic gold medal in 1972 from the back of the pack, which is a great race to watch. But yeah, I'm. You know, the th you're right about that, and I do want to also highlight that by stating this, we are not. I think we are only showing, which is going to be another topic that comes up in just a little bit, about how impressive our women have been and how much we have. Um, I think as track and field fans taken for granted the level of the young women coming through the high school system in the United States. We have un year after year after year after year, we have young ones coming through who are competitive at the world level as high schoolers. To s we did not, we have not seen this in a long, long time with Cade. And I think that that, you know, again, it's not a testament against Cade or or one way. It's not one thing or another thing. It's just bringing to people's awareness that I think I think we both think this is he's a special athlete. And we should keep our eyes on him. Yeah, looks like we will stay in uh, in 800 meter because because my second, but I'll make it first was, uh, you know, Donovan Brazier, um, you know, everyone knows who is Donovan Brazier and he had just really bad year last year with with the injury and and still trying to perform and prove and that ended up being just just a catastrophic kind of you know turn on events when he didn't even qualify for for you know olympic uh, uh olympic games just due to injuries that he thought he can overcome so looks like he's back you know he was um he was doing 400 meters indoor and and he was running very fast looks like he's he's all healthy so i wonder you know i'm excited to see him going back because he's his joy to watch you know um, the acceleration and in kind of his personality he's not like intense he's more like flowy just kind of a happy guy so i i, I said it as donovan brazian Brazier versus Worlds, and I wonder how fast he can go, um, and how um, all 800 meter, you know, um, going to happen this year. Yeah, I, I'm with you on being a, 
an unbelievable fan of Brazier's. You know, we've given him, I've given him some grief over the years because of some strategic faux pas that he made as it and and you know he's so young that it's it's hard in that event the way the men run the 800 and the way the one women run the 800 are very different um and so it's very hard to be a young person um competing against those wily especially the europeans um they all know how to run very physical challenging multi-style kinds of races and brazier is the most talented 800 meter runner in the world, and he's also seems to have that, like you noted, that that mindset and that fluidity, flexibility, friendliness, sort of op all the the opposite of Cade, where he's more everyone's my friend, but I'm and I'm I'm just going to go out there and do my very best, and and the the chips will fall where they may. And of course, I don't think anybody who didn't watch the world, the U.S. champ, the Olympic trials. That final 200 meters that Donovan Brazier ran, and to come across that finish line, he won um, a huge honor medal from me in that performance. The way he finished, even though it just went as combat as it could p could possibly go, and yet um, here he is back again. And I agree, he, he is a guy that I will never count out. He's to me, he's like Bekele, like you don't count him out because he's so talented and there's something special there that yeah sometimes that specialness is not the kind of specialness that says I'm going to win every single time but it's the kind of specialness that I think that we may see um, we may be watching the greatest 800 meter runner who has ever lived and he might be an American and right now that title is definitely in Kenyan hands, right? The single greatest 800 meter race ever run by the single greatest 800 meter runner ever, in my opinion. You know, that, that I think that that is a mantle to be taken from. And I think that if we've got a person out there that is possibly, can possibly do that, it's Donovan. And to me, it just kind of shows the beauty of our sport, T. Like, like you're gonna have a guy in there who's got an MMA attitude, and you've got a guy out there who's like peace, love, and understanding. I mean, the name of their team is Union, right? Like, like they're not, they're not, they're not anti. They're pro, right? Like they come everybody together, and so I think that there's this um, vibe there that I love that our sport has, even in the same event, you've got all these different flavors and textures and styles and approaches, and and it's really really cool. So. Yeah, well, my guess we're, since we're on 800 row, <laughs> we might as well just keep going because my second pick was the women's 800 at the U.S. and world level. Um, the 800 men, women's 800, as we saw at the World Indoor Championships, as we saw at the Olympic Games last year, we are in for, I think, perhaps a run between now and the next Olympic Games some of the greatest races that have that we're ever going to see we certainly have on tap on the on the u.s side and on the world side um minus castor semenya and um you know the the three athletes who over the years have been um where all the where all the challenges about their testosterone levels and you know all of that intersex racing and things th those things are now cleared up again as you and i both have said we have mixed feelings about that it's hard to know what the right decision or how what it's hard to know it's just a very complicated and challenging situation but now that we've got that clear for better or for worse whatever your side of that view is we now have real players 
and the controversies should be primarily around what happens in the races and who these people are and not some external political thing that is not germane to what's going on on the ra in the races and oh my god t what races are we going to see just went back yesterday and watched the olympic trials final in the u.s final in the 800 nine women in that race eight of them ran under two minutes the ninth one was tripped in the first 150 meters and fell unbelievably to the ground and finished in 212. But Nia Adkins is somebody, she's running with the Brooks Beast right now. You and I, we're bullish on her. We think she could be someone who can make this world team. She's somebody who can make the world team. So in essence, you could say that we have nine, we have in the US, at least nine women who are or capable of running under two minutes, right? They were all in one race and they, we're all together with 150 meters to go in that race. And yes, a thing Mo, who was something special and something like we've never seen before. Let I watched that and all they were doing was talking about Mo. And I'm like, look at this event. We are the best in the world at this event. And Ajay yeah. Wilson, who barely made her way on that race. I mean, that that woman made that Olympic team by the skin of her teeth and because she's a wily, strategic veteran who knows what she's doing. And it's crazy. She's like 24 years old. Like she's not like, right. like she's not like 30 years old and all this wisdom, but she didn't go to the collegiate game. She we immediately went yeah. pro. And so she's got all this experience and she wins the world championships at um, in um, Belgrade, which which did not have Kylie, Kaylee um, Hodgson, who's, you know, we've got two women from the UK who, are very i mean they were what second and fourth at the at the at the olympic games or second and fifth or something like that um you've got uh i was incredibly impressed by the the depth of talent when you look at the european side of the women's 800 i mean when you look at that polish four by four team i mean what three of those women if not all four of them are 800 meter runners and they're all two like 158 to 202 i mean it's it's unbelievable, and that's not even talking about all the different players who could be in the mix of this thing, right? But I just think we're going to see through Prefontaine, whatever, you know, I don't know what other, other Diamond League races, I'm mostly paying attention to what's going to happen from Prefontaine through the trials, through through world championships. But, I mean, it, this women's 800, it, it is, this is what we will be considering in the future, in my opinion, the golden age of the women's 800. And we're talking about an event that has had many, many, many golden ages. But I don't think we've ever seen this level of temp talent, this depth of talent. And it is not a foregone conclusion that a thing Mo has this thing. Yes, she's more talented than everybody else. But T, I think you're going to bring up some concerns you might have about the kinds of things that can play out with a part of natural talent who's goes from a collegiate system into a pro system. So what are your thoughts about this women's eight? And what do you see... What are you excited about? What what you, we might be seeing both on the U.S. side and on the world side? Hey, yeah, it's so 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 many good points, Steve. And uh, you're right. Uh, only you know, I I kind of when you share with me the document, I I, I noticed like you know, I think Mo that's gonna be her first pro year as a pro runner, which is not doing all this col collegiate uh, racing every weekend, so it's it's she's being judged right now i i can i can hear in the media they all comparing oh she ran faster last year oh she's not running you know is she 
you know what's what's going on is she's gonna be as good and and you know it's like calm down calm down it's not it's not the you know it's not the main events it's not like she's has to perform at the conference level she's just you know getting into the rhythm and and she's gonna be fine i think you know i believe she's gonna be fine you know the the positive thing she is at the same same coaching she didn't change coach she didn't change right she's place exactly yeah and she loves it she she finds a home down there so i think i think she's gonna be fun but you know ij wilson is on another level than she was in the last year or, or year ago you know she was dealing with something we don't know exactly what it was but clearly she's she's back to where she was she won a world championships indoor and she's confident as she can be you know and yeah. actually we're going to see them squaring this weekend at pen relays i think awesome. they're gonna run 600 meters or something like that um uh, yeah that's not gonna go you... well for ajay <laughs> <laughs> Right? I don't yeah, think, yeah. I mean, if, if, if however close Ajay can be is going to be what's going to be scary. Like, can she stay close? Because you know, Thing ran the entire yeah. year at her of her scene of her freshman year at A and M last year. She only ran the four hundred throughout, and she was undefeated in the four hundred. Then yeah. she went outdoors in the eight, was undefeated in the eight, and then won an Olympic gold medal. Yeah. So you might be like, Steve, how are you? What are you? You were trying to insinuate that there might be something wrong. I think you're. I don't think that there's anything wrong. I don't think that there's anything wrong but i do know look at what happened with donovan brazier when he came out of the cle- i mean there are there are there are uncertainties now a thing mo seems to have her head on her shoulders in a different way than others do but these women are not backing down and i'm so happy to see ajay saying no i'm here i'm here yeah. yes there's an yeah. asterisk beside my name at the world at the world championship i won it and the thing mo wasn't there and kylie wasn't there but guess what she's telling the world that I will be in this. And, you know, I know her coach, Derek Thompson, and he is quiet but ferocious. And I'm sure that at some point in time, he had a conversation with her that said, retire or step up. And it looks to me like she has stepped up. Now, I don't know that he had that conversation, but I know him pretty well. And I would expect that it would have been, you know, why don't you just retire? I mean, if, if that's the way it is, then just, you know, you got your another, you were another Olympian again. Um, you've, you know, you're, you're, you're doing great, but maybe it's time to move on to something else. And my guess is she's like, what am I going to do? Right. Get a recording contract. You know, she's unbelievably talented and she has something that a thing doesn't have, right? There's something that Ajay has that a thing doesn't have. And that is endurance. Some, this Ajay, we have not yet seen. And the problem is that I don't know that Ajay can run that 154, 155. And a thing looks like she can. Right, so it's like 156. Yeah, I can do that. 155 uh, and 154. Well, just where we're it's looking like we're going to end up being because that's the way these women race. You know, it's a that's a question mark. But I'm just super happy to see that Ajay stepped in. And you know, we're we also have another tale about this, which is the tale of the older athletes versus the younger athletes at the U.S. Because we've got the old ones. You got Chanel Price, who is pretty old. I think she's 30, 31. But Ajay is in that old category, right? Veterans, maybe, is the better word. Not old, but been at this for a long time. <laughs> she's 24, 23, 24, maybe 25. Um, 
And then you've got the young crew, which is Raven Rogers, who's you know one or two years out of college. Um, you've got um, other ones like uh, Michaela Meyer, who's coming out of Virginia, who ran an unbelievable race in her race. We saw, I mean, there's all these young women who are in college right now um, coming out. And then you've got this group of two athletes at the high school level, yeah. and Royce and Wilson and um, uh, the other woman, uh, what is her name, Sophia Garahan. Gallahan or Garaghan or something. I can't say her name exactly. They both just ran two minutes indoors at, at the, um, at the, at, at a re, at a race against each other in a big, big race. So, you know, you've got high schoolers even now who are coming up and this is the U S to say nothing of what's going on with the rest of the world. So, track fans, you, you need to be paying attention to the women's 800 very closely because this is, this is the group. It's operating at the highest level ever. It seems drug free, as drug free as we're going to see in terms of no obvious candidate that people are chuckling, they're shaking their head at and saying, tisk, 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 you know, where we seem to have that in nearly every other event in track and field where somebody's trying to throw shade at somebody because they think they're doping or not doping. We pretty much can feel confident that many of the women that we're watching are absolutely clean and they're competing against each other at an equal level. And, you know, this is my argument why continuing to harp on drugs is to the detriment of our sport because we should be paying attention to what's actually happening on the track. And if something happens and somebody gets busted doping, so it is, such as life. There's somebody out there always cutting corners not paying their taxes, trying to figure out a way around the, around the <laughs> system, and we can't be running our whole lives wondering who's breaking the rules, okay? Like, pay attention to what's going on in the track because it's high drama. It's so much fun. There's storylines here that are just unlike any other sport, in my opinion, or at least equal to every other sport. I know I sound like a broken record. I get all excited about this shit, T. I, get, I love <laughs> our sport of distance running and... Yeah. A, and it's just one tiny ring in like a five ring circus that tra is track and field. So anyway, uh, I'm, mm. I'm going to step back from the mic for a second and take a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's move to 1500. We both, both have a 1500 next on our, um, on our list. And I start, you know, as we were speaking about youngster coming. And as we know, last year was, was a, quite a year for the, for the young generations in the 1500 meter in the U.S. Uh, uh, Cole Hawker... Cops Hessler, Jared Nagus, those are all young kids. Hobbs is, was still in um, uh, high schooler. Hawker was just a freshman. Nagus was a little bit older, but you know, setting a Ameri um, NCA record and uh, in North for Notre Dame and uh, representing US in Olympics. So you know, it's uh, for me, it's exciting to see how they're going to. How they're going to progress? How what what this year will look for them? You know, um, the expectations are high. You know, we know Cops Hessler signed up this multi-year deal with Adidas, and uh, you know, some people speculate he's now kind of trained by Nick Willis, and and some people think like, does Cops Hessler make more money than Nick Willis in his whole career? You know, just just coming out of high school. <laughs> not really achieving yet, just running a little bit fast. <laughs> it's kind of interesting, right? Well, I certainly um, don't think that Nick Willis is coaching Hobbs Kessler. I, well, I, he, he is... They're he's, in the same system, but... Yeah. Yeah, they're but, in the same system, and he's definitely giving yeah. him tons and tons and tons, and of course, yeah, yeah. I mean, should Hobbs Kessler be making more than Nick Willis? Well, that's up to Nick Willis, because Nick Willis 
that doesn't have an Olympic gold medal, and he's not even living in his home country. He's living in the United States, right? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of reasons. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Nick Willis. No shade here. Just, you know, Nick Willis obviously is doing well enough to be happy doing what he's doing. I think he's excited to have a young guy to train with and to work with. I mean, I saw that the other day, you and I, I think you might have, I think you might have gotten to see it. I don't know where, why I watched it, but I watched Mason Furlick and Hobbs Kessler do that Michigan workout. I was, cause I have a Michigan training workout that I have in my system that I love. That I got from um, coach Warhurst and uh, yeah. that, that, uh, that Michigan has Kessler getting his hand, his ass handed to him by the, uh, by the, the the studly the studly steeplechaser Mason Furlick who's just an absolute he's really really good and and Nick didn't show up that day for whatever reason I don't know why he wasn't doing that workout but these guys all train together they're real people they're like that video was really fun to watch I'll make sure I link it here if anybody that is interested but yeah I mean the men's fifteen hundred is gonna be fun to watch but anyway sorry for yeah. hijacking there I just totally hijacked yeah that you, you. <laughs> probably watched it you know Cops Kessler is part of this uh, so called very nice truck club. And they have a nice uh, YouTube channel. You can find it probably there. And, you know, uh, Cops, um, I mean, uh, Cole Hawker, they do have their own. Uh, I think it's the next generation track. Uh, they do their own social media with, with uh, Cooper Tier. That's another guy uh, I, I haven't mentioned yet. But <laughs> apparently Cooper Tier never lost 1,500 a mile to, to Cole Hawker, which is kind of bizarre as Cole Hawker is number, what, six in the world last year, running super fast. But anyway, yeah, but it's Cole, just... But Cole Hawker, but that that's because Cooper Tier is more of a three, 15, three, five guy, right? So they weren't yeah. always on starting lines together because I just watched 2021 indoor NCAAs and um, uh, Cooper Tier did everything in that three. Cooper Tier wasn't in the mile. And yeah. and uh, what uh, God? Why am I forgetting his name all of a sudden? Um, Yarit Nagus. No, the guy we're talking about, the other Oregon guy. Oh, my brain is just farting. Um, Cole, Cole, Cole Hawker. Hawker. Yeah, Hawker. Hawker. You know, one. I mean, three fifty three or three fifty four or something crazy in that, and then came back an hour and a half later, and Cooper Tier did everything he could possibly do to run him right. off his wheel. He did everything he could do. And it looked like he had him dead to rights. And the Cole Hawker does what he does. He finds this way to kick to the finish line. That is just his Cole Hawker's kick. Watch it sometime. If you haven't seen it, it ain't pretty, yeah. but it gets a job done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then for me, you know, it's to finish the 1500 us is, you know, the question is, is central Mats Centrovitz done or, uh, with Craig Ingalls, which I love to watch because he's such a showman and I love, you know, how he kind of floats on the track, say Matt Centrovitz. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's changing and it's it's exciting. And I also mentioned in my notes, you know, as I was Division II uh, runner, um, there was new Division II 1500 meter uh, record, 3.3600 by uh, Christian Noble. He's fun to watch as well. Um, he is at Lee University somewhere, I think, in Tennessee. And it's a qu quite a fun, fun um, development, you know, with that Lee University. I just recently learned from Kyle Merber's uh, newsletter that he, few years back, starting uh, uh, mentoring current coach at Lee University and 
now few years later we see the the fruit the of that kind of mentorship yeah. which is yeah. which is pretty fun yeah that is cool um yeah we can just transition that into my um next one which is the third one for me which is the men's 15-5 for the world level um mm -hmm. because we've got some serious storylines going on there we've obviously got the uh, ingerbrexen chariot battle that's been going back ingerbrexen now at the top of that but timothy chariot definitely not going to be he ended up winning um that final battle when they went to the um diamond league championship race they went head to head and he beat ingerbrexen there at the end of the season of course ingerbrexen i think everybody would have I think Chariot would take the gold over the win at the Diamond League final, but um, you know, Ingebrigtsen has a lot had a lot of drama in his life, and you know, we we saw him. He looked um, beatable at World Indoor Championships. Of course, we find out later he had COVID, so maybe he's not really beatable. <laughs> but um, you know, we've got also what was really exciting to watch was that in reinvigor that in seems like an incredibly invigorated Ethiopian contingent going on there. They seem to be not con happy with this um, kind of getting moved out of of the five thousand meter. Um, they've always they've just got unbelievable talent, and they looked so good at World Indoors. I thought the Ethiopian men and women were incredibly dominant we don't really ever see kenyan dominance at the world indoor championships it's you do see an occasional uh, a flare of, of brilliance but the ethiopians obviously went to belgrade president correct and they really wanted to get stuff done so i think that met that 15 5 is really interesting will ingebrexen do the 15 and the 5 like he did at the world championships the year before my get best bet is no, but I would love to see it because I would love to see him going toe to toe with a what seems like completely rejuvenated and excited um, Chepta guy who's had who ran through in a really, really to get a silver and a gold out of last year's Olympics, given um, the dominance he had in 2020 and then the, the injury he had in 2021 and somehow pull out getting those awards could have been I just think shows the heart that. Joshua Chepta guy has. Um, and then we've got the Americans that we've talked about a few times now with uh, with the American um, Fisher. I always want to call Mo Ahmed American. He's not. He's a Canadian, but he trains in America. And, and um, you know, I went back and watched that world championship, that, that Olympic Games 5000. And Mo Ahmed's race there was uh, simply a thing of epic beauty, um, the way he moved from um, when they made that move. And Chepta guy made that strong move, you know, 500, 600 out, and then they kept going and going and going. It was it, the way that the way that it was possible for Mo to go from fifth or sixth, and he just stayed and stayed, and then he ended up getting that brought, that silver medal was just incredibly impressive. And I think, you know, it, right now Grant's on top, but Mo has been down this road at the world level for a good long while, and he's won multiple medals. He knows what to do. This is this would be I would love the five men's five is my favorite event in track and field, probably because I ran it. It was my favorite event what I, that I ran, and I just think it's that perfect combination of speed and endurance. The men's three k is just a little the three k is just a little too short. It's a little too much the speed game. And the 10 is just double the 5K. It's like almost the guys in the 5 are in the 10 always. So this 5,000 is like that level where you see them come together um, in, in a way that you don't see in the in almost any other event. It's Maybe it's a little bit like the 200 is in sprinting where occasionally you have the 100-meter runner and the 400-meter runner come together. But this is... And, you know, the, the great Hisham El-Garouche, um, the great Saeed Awida, the great 
uh, th- those 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 kinds of athletes who have played that game of in betweenness is beautiful, and um, I just would love to see an epic duel at the World Championships in the five k. But you know, so it's just continuation of your fifteen into the into the world fifteen stage, and then a little shift to what we might we see. You know, they've been talking for a number of years now of getting rid of the ten thousand. I don't think it hasn't happened yet. I don't know if it's going to happen at this World Championship. You know, they talked about getting rid of it. I thought it was a foregone conclusion, but. It was at the at the Olympics, so will it be out at the World Championships? If it's out at the World Championships, in some ways, I love the ten, but in some ways that might be better because we would then have a distillation and a you know a distillation and a and just a, a compression of talent. No one would be able to go anywhere else, and you would see more of this fifteen five. But of course, mm-hmm. then that will preclude what's that step out to the half and that step out step out to the marathon. I think we'd be missing something with the ten, but ultimately. That's what I'm excited about. The thing I'm most excited about this year is probably the men's 5,000 meter at the world level. But it could be also the biggest disappointment because it might not be anything other than the Joshua Chapter Guy show because Engelbretson doesn't come up and who else is gonna who else is gonna who else is gonna push? I mean, we do have the Ethiopians, of course, who are gonna come in there and 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 make make some wreck some havoc. But it won't be the same if Engelbretson doesn't step up because I would love to see that. You're right, Steve, and, and we're going to see, um, as we learned yesterday, Inge Britson, Jakob Inge Britson is coming to US uh, soon this, this week uh, to run sound running next Friday. So in one week, sound running um, at Trucklandia, you, you'll be able to buy your pass to watch the race when uh, uh, Jakob starts the outdoor season and going to race against the uh, top US uh, 5K guys, you know? So yeah, it will be yeah, exciting to see where they are. And I guess they're going to have a pacing light. So I wonder what they're going to set up for. And uh, I know a lot of Americans probably want to run a, a, a world standard of 13, whatever, 10 that is. And But I, I, I'm, I'm guessing many of them would, would like to go fast, sub 13 probably. So we'll Yeah, see. there's some real good talent in that field um, yeah. and uh, some talent currently missing from that field you want to talk about that like here we have a guy the number the olympic gold medalist who lives in norway probably coming to the u.s as a early so that he can do his altitude training stint either you know probably at flagstaff maybe at park city and then stay through um through prefontaine Prefontaine, which is which is a normal process for a lot of athletes and, and and a good way to do things but we have folks who live in the same town that the race is going to be put on who won't be at the race likely <laughs> like fisher and Abdi and fisher and mohammed who we were just talking about like when there's a world-class race and it's in your backyard you're just gonna show up with your rainbow sandals and your chinos and kick back and watch like fuck that man i'd be like give me a chance i want to get in there um you know jerry <laughs> does things differently but we'll see what happens we would love to see that maybe that with this announcement of that level of talent there might be an infusion of more folks in the race uh pro- i would not i wouldn't i wouldn't hold your breath um but i think the athlete i'm most excited about seeing in that race in my opinion is i think we're going to see the official unveiling of Abdi Noor from Northern Arizona. I think he is the future of this event. He's got the strength of the 10K guy. He's got the wheels. He knows how to kick. I think he is somebody to um, 
he's somebody who showed indoors this year that he's operating at a different level than he was last year. I watched that men's 10,000 at the, uh, at the NCAAs recently and he just couldn't make those moves in those gears. That race was incredibly fast, by the way, the NCAA indoor, the NCAA outdoor 10,000 meters were like, I think 15 guys broke the NCAA record. It was 27-41 won that race, and Abdi Noor, I think, was third or fourth or fifth or something like that. But he's operating at a different level, and I'm, I'm, I'm making a prediction to say, not saying he's going to win the race at all, but I do think you'll see probably a sub-13 from him, and I think you'll probably see him be someone who we're going to be then thinking about as we talk more about, because he's an American citizen, right? Like, he's got American citizenship. Yep, yep. So he'll... Yeah. He'll likely be in that mix of athletes we'll be talking about. And you and I mentioned him when we talked about NCAA's last year, uh, earlier in, in, in this season. So, yeah, keep an eye out for that um, sound running event. We will be watching it with bated breath. We might do a little something on it. Pay attention. Show up to come to runnosis.com, and um, I'll make an announcement of whether we're going to do any call on that. We did a call on Boston recently. It was fun to do. So we might just do some chatting. If you want to listen to us chat about that, you can pop over there. Um, what else, T? I know you've got you got to be somewhere. So do we have time to hit one more of these, or do you want to, or do we need to 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 wrap up? Uh, yeah, we we can wrap up. You know, we, we should mention sprints. You know, there's there's as 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 big talent, young talent coming in from women and men's side that is just unbelievable. You know, from let's mention a few names like like Abby Steiner and and Brittany Brown that just run and. Uh, you know, they just, they just, and and from men, uh, Matthew Bowling, and and of course there's uh, Marcel Jacob, and uh, uh, the Italian sprinter, Olympic champion, and then there's the, what's what's the Arion Knighton that it's, I think he's just finished high school. Yeah, I think so. Went yeah. pro, yeah. yeah. And, and Noah Lyle, so all, all of those matchups, and uh, you well, know, and we Coleman's can go back too, right? So Coleman, Coleman you know, Coleman, exactly. yeah, that big, that big, that big showdown between Jacobs and Coleman at, yeah. at, at World Indoor Champs that Jacobs came out on top from, um, and you know, we've got the big question mark of of Shikari Richardson. You know, there's a That's there's right. a there's a documentary out about her right now that people can watch. I haven't seen it yet, but wow. I'm looking to I want to watch it. She's a um, she's somebody who I think has the potential to galvanize our sport in really really positive ways, but she could also be somebody who who goes well, she won't go quietly into that good night for sure because <laughs> she's not a quiet human being, but um I love Shikari. I I would love for her to continue to I mean, whatever her story is, whatever it is, just keep coming with it because it brings more and more attention to our sport in a positive way. You know, I know people sometimes will cast some shade on her getting busted for smoking weed. Like who in the world would think that there's something really wrong with smoking weed at this point in time in our world? Like it's basically, I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to go too far down this road, but <laughs> it's a plant medicine that is being used by people all over the world to help them. How in the world could this be some kind of perform And anybody who's ever done it, good luck sprinting on weed. Good <laughs> luck winning an Olympic gold medal when you're high. It's not going to happen. It's absolutely not going to happen. So anyway, I, I think that, that Shikari Richardson is a, is a, is a storyline we all want to follow. We all want to see her succeed. We want to see her. I'm sure her competitors don't so much because she is that kind of brash and bold and dismissive sometimes. I think some people do get frustrated with her because she seems to be. But that's a style. I mean, this is a, this is a style of young sprinter that is a long 
it's a it's a long tale of the American young American sprinters with the kind of attitude and approach that um, Shikari has. I just think she's doing it in a millennial, more outward and open, and the way social media operates yeah. now, it's more in your face. But having worked with many young sprinters um, in my tenure at the University of Texas, she's not an aberration. She's more the rule, and you know the the quieter, more calm and collected sprinters. Um, that's a personality type that um, frequently the media likes to 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 focus on more. And frankly, I say fuck that. Give me more Shikari. That's that's what I think. That's what I think we need. I mean, I think we need both, right? I'm, I'm not saying right. to the anti those folks who are who are or more demure, like you know Gabby and others like that. Um, but you know, we we don't. How do you say this? Um, we need that attitude. We need that flourish. We need that. You know, maybe we start out with, with this young Cade, um, the 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 brash and bold eight hundred meter runner, and we end this episode with another brash and bold hundred meter sprinter in Shakari Richardson. And uh, here's to those. I, I'm going to say a cheers, early morning cheers of coffee <laughs> to um, the bold and the brash, those who are willing to take huge risks and throw themselves out there and live hard and and live in a way that brings attention because that's what love is in this current market. And so if that's the market that um, that all of the eyes are going to, then I say, let's feed the market, right? Personally, yeah. it's not my thing. I mean, but I think that we can see it at every level, but attention, our sport right now needs as much attention as it can get that's not doping related, right? I w I'm so much happier to hear somebody saying somebody got busted for smoking pot than somebody got busted for doping, right? Like, give me, I'm, I'm, I'll take that all day long. I don't want Chikari not to be at the Olympic Games because of it. That's ridiculous. But, you know, it's another story altogether, T. Yeah, yeah. All right. I did, did I just say I wasn't bold and brash? Maybe I should didn't I didn't have that attitude. But anyway, we appreciate you guys listening to us. And T, I hope you appreciate having to listen to my. Well, you 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 keep showing up, so there must be something to it. that. Yeah, <laughs> I realize my my role is just to tease you, and then you 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 you. Oh, brother! Keep rolling. That is not your role. Perfect. You bring unbelievable <laughs> amounts of insight and interesting <laughs> questions, and you you're you're de you're my um I'm the sounding board, and you're the one who does all the more deep research because I don't listen to, I don't read people's newsletters or um, <laughs> follow their Twitter. Um, I'm on Twitter, but only because I'm supposed to be, not because I like it. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah. Um, anyway, we thank you guys for listening to us. Uh, we have fun with these every single time we do them, and um, we'll catch up with you guys later. We'll probably be talking Sound Running next time. Um, maybe we'll be talking at Sound Running, um, and we might be recording after that at some point. So we, uh, we love you guys. Keep listening, and we'll talk soon. Take care. Bye.